0: Everybody, it's Adam Shartoff, your host of FilmWax Radio. It's Friday, May 14th, 2021. This is episode number 668 of the podcast. We have two segments. One is uh, my friend Anya Marquardt, who was on the show some years ago with a film she, she uh, directed called She's Lost Control. And she's back. She's actually directed... The entire third season of The Girlfriend Experience, which is a, as you know, a limited series or a series that's on the Stars network. I recommend this series if you haven't seen it before. We'll have Anya. We'll get back to Anya. And the first segment is a, a mother and a son. The son is the filmmaker. And his mother is, uh, the story is, her name is uh, Rebecca. And she was working at this hotel all of her, like for decades in Boston, uh, even though she is a British emigre. Uh, But she's been in in Boston working for this hotel forever. And at the age of 75, she was just sort of just fired. And she fell into this despair. And her son, who was in New York, in the world of journalism and media, ended up coming back. And the two reconnected in a deeper way. Not that they were not connected, but he felt compelled to help his mom out of her despair. And it's a very beautiful story. And it involves her mother, his mother, uh his name by the way is Jean-Pierre and uh he he and Rebecca are, are on this episode um uh of the podcast uh coming up right now um I'm going to read you the synopsis but um so you understand a little bit then we'll hear a bit of the uh um trailer uh, when Rebecca Danagelis, a British immigrant living in Boston, is fired from her job as a hotel housekeeper at the age of 75, she is financially and emotionally devastated. Her adult son, Jean-Pierre, is living in New York City trying to work his way into the competitive world of TV journalism. With his mother's reality crashing down, Jean-Pierre resolves to leave New York and the life he expected to lead to help his mother get back on her feet. As Jean-Pierre looks for ways to support Rebecca, he gives her an adventure spanning two continents that uncovers a surprising family saga, a story that reveals the compromises and injustices placed on single mothers, the persistence of sexism and ageism, and the difficult dance of duty and freedom where the older and younger generations come together. So it's a beautiful story. I really recommend it. It's at plenty of art houses. You can go to uh, duty-free dot uh excuse me dutyfreefilm.com and you can click on where you can watch the film and stream it it's even i think at some select theaters and we will now talk to this mother and son from this wonderful documentary again it's called duty free did i mention that anyway we are going to now talk to rebecca danagellis and jean pierre her son jean pierre R- regis uh, right here on FilmWax radio
1: Are the window ledges clean?
2: Are the blinds
1: clean? Are the blinds operating properly? Yes.
3: What if you've dedicated your entire life to work?
1: Hotels have been my life. I met your dad in the function room. I never made it to my sister Elsie's funeral because I was working. And I even raised you and your brother six floors up from my job.
3: And suddenly... It's all taken away.
1: I just got fired. Just want you to know that. Call me Bye. End of
2: message. You
3: live by making a bucket list of all the things you couldn't do while you were working.
0: Hi, Adam. Hi, guys. How are How are you, Sean, Pierre, and Rebecca?
3: We are good. Thank you. Excited to be here. This is a I'm crazy day. but
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I, I was watching this documentary, your documentary, uh, uh, Duty Free, um, with, uh, with my lady friend. Nice. In her home. You know, it was one of these rare cases where I really just didn't do a lot of... I knew that it had been a doc NYC, so it had a lot of pedigree. Let's let's set the record straight.
2: We'll take that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't really do a lot of research into it, which is a really nice way to, I think, you know, experience the documentary. Anyway, and we were both just really profoundly moved by it. So I didn't tell her about us talking today. It's going to be a
3: surprise. She'll be (laughs) thrilled. (laughs) <laughs> amazing well thank you for the compliment i mean it's taken five years to get to this place so to hear something like that from you is um it's a huge compliment so thank you, thank
0: you. oh sure well the, the it shows did you um all right well let's set it up a little bit and then bec- where you're in new york city pierre mom is uh, rebecca you're in boston uh you you know you're champierre you're focusing at the time on your burgeoning journalism and documentary career, or filmmaking career, and and Rebecca has been working for many many years. Her career has been in in uh, how do you say hospitality hotel yeah. industry, correct? And she is fired at a, a kind of out of nowhere, and all of a sudden everybody's trajectory, both of your trajectory in a way, is thrown off, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was a crazy experience. I mean, so my mom was working for 40 years as a hotel housekeeper and management and she, uh, you know, she raised us uh, six floors above the hotel from which she was fired. Um, And so when they fired her, I was New York City, a TV journalist, and um, had to stop everything that I was doing to make sure that I could follow Well, not only helped my mom, but then decided to follow this story um, as maybe the greatest story that I would ever have been able to tell. And my mom, my mom just came on a journey with me.
0: (laughs) Well, that's kind of, in a sense, that's where things just sort of go from being just your average documentary or story to being something much bigger. This whole something was untethered, or you know, allowed to really blossom. And it was hard, right, Rebecca, for you, because you were in a lot of despair. You really were terrified in a terrifying position where you didn't know, you know, you weren't ready to retire uh, for many reasons, not just financial, but.
1: I uh, I had lived in the building for 37 years, but actually put this particular hotel together room by room for them while working at the hotels. And I never expected that this would happen to me. I was, as they say in England, gobsmacked.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: And I just got called to the office to say, "Rebecca, we value as an employee, but today is your last day. Just, just, just gone." Yeah. And I was in despair. You know, when you work in hospital and you're working seven days a week, twenty four hours a day, holidays, weekends, you we develop another family. That's your hotel family. I didn't just lose a job. I lost my hotel family. They were my family when my, you know, he's in either in Paris or somewhere in the brand. And, um, and Gabrielle, you know, he has a mentally disabled brother is is another spectrum. It was very difficult. I was in despair. I didn't know what I would do.
3: So, so how could... That would- it all changed. <laughs> Say that again? it? But then that all changed.
0: And then that all changed. <laughs> well, fortunately... Rebecca has a son who's a storyteller and a, knew all the the, the the tricks, I don't want to call them tricks, but it had a new the different ways to uh to kind of tell a story about what you're going through. So to help connect your story to the world, which is really I think a, a great thing because I mean uh not only was the is this story about ageism and how we don't take care of our our uh citizens, you know, um um, we don't take care of our, our our own citizens, but but it's also a very personal story too, which a lot of people can relate to right now in this particular moment in time, you know, or just in the, you know, in this era too, you know. But particularly right now, when so many people are living on the precipice of, you know, don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So this story really hit home. And Jean-Pierre, how quickly did you kind of get it together, thinking I'm going to connect my mom's story to the give tell the outside world the world about it and like kind of figure out sorry about the and figure out how to to do it like what the plan was what the structure was going to be yeah and you did a kickstarter and uh which was very successful too and it's just a tremendous amount of of uh, planning and work went into this making this film
3: Totally. You know, I, I guess um, I've had a realization that, you know, my mom always said, um, uh, what's the, the, what did you use to say? Um, like there's nothing worse than a woman scorned. Basically there's. Mm-hmm. Hell hath no fury. Hath no, no fury really like a scorned. And, and I had a realization that like hell hath no fury, like a sign, you know. Uh, okay. So you were part who, of this, right. Nobody's going to, yeah. nobody's going to gobsmack. Exactly. So he I was slap
0: my mother. Right. My like, I, it I was felt, very, very. Yeah. This it was handled particularly, uh, unrespectfully.
3: Yeah. When um, that happened, my mom was left with two weeks' pay. Um. I thought, you and, know, this is not going to happen to my mom. Right. Um. And so what I did was immediately I knew that I needed to figure out a way to help support her. Um. And uh. So it's at that time that I really started shooting in earnest, um, making sure that I could record her story just so that I had it. Um, and, then, and then thought, well, I also need to take her away from this misery, right? Like having a job that you work at for so long um, and sacrifice so much for two kids um, and being left with nothing, like my mom really was on the ground. Like, as you say, a lot of Americans today who don't have anything. And so I thought, you know what? let me take her on a bucket list adventure to do all the things she could never do while she was working. Um, and, uh, you know, pitched it to her and she's like, well, I want a job. I'm not sure I want to go on a bucket list adventure. And like, how are we going to afford this? And I said, don't worry, like, leave it up to me. Um, right. And, you know, I basically called, emailed, texted every single person I knew uh, started this Kickstarter, raised $60,000. And, you know, the story went viral. It was seen 38 million times on, Facebook and it was off from there. I think a lot of people really identified with um, my mom's story of you know being let go uh late in life, um, but also the fact that you know, even in our darkest moments, uh, somebody, there is somebody out there who is willing to bring you to the light. Um, and I think like it was that humanity aspect, but also I guess the the flip, the, the two sides of humanity, right? The, the bad side of humanity, which is how she was fired and the good side of humanity of, you know, somebody lifting you up that people really identified with. Um, and that really made this film, I think, sort of sing, bring you through high moments and low moments. Um, to take you on a journey
0: right you 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 mentioned you uh Kate got this uh this uh idea to to uh tell your mom in order to reboot her brain in a way in her emotional life to like here draw up here here's a pen and paper write down your bucket list we're going to try to cross each one off and and you know we're going to show you you have other reasons to live but because you, you Rebecca right you even if they had Given you lots of notice uh, told you you could stay in the apartment. I think you still would have been gobsmacked to use your term because this was so much of who you you what you tied up with your in your identity as this you know uh this world that you had and been inhabiting for almost for something like forty years so uh, you needed to realize that there was a life outside of that even without the financial burden.
1: That is true. That is true. Uh, there is life beyond the hotel curtain. I never realized it. And you know, this story is not about me and him. I don't want anybody else to be gobsmacked. All the little people, or not, there's no little people, but the people who work with me and for me, they're immigrants, they don't speak English. What happens to them in this pandemic? Well, we're sorry, yeah. Ms. X, but today's your last day. I want that handbook to tell them exactly what will happen on the last day of work. That's my mission. I don't want anybody else to be in that situation that I was in. I'm lucky. I had him. I'm educated. I speak English. What about the people? That and then they, I wasn't. I'm not good on the internet. If I hadn't learned with him, try getting a job on the internet. When you scroll down, it says last day uh, graduated high school. And you scroll down, and it stops at 1979. It stops right then. And then you pass by it because you can't get
0: Wow! I just made it in by a by myself. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: no, but uh, I understand. But now you're on Zoom. You've done a Kickstarter. Rebecca, you're uh,
3: she's got fifty thousand Instagram followers. You know, she's good. My well, mom... fifty
0: thousand and one. I I followed her as of this morning.
2: <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> Were you guys thinking? Well, maybe we should get a little bit more didactic, or or we should get a little bit more political with the documentary because, of course, that's there. You, you can't deny it. Uh it's 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 the elephant of the room is like just as I said before, how we I think just abandon uh our seniors in particular in so many cases. But you know, you have companies and corporations and I work for a bunch myself who, you know, they set up all sorts of uh diversity committees and uh, you know, also sensitive what's the term uh, uh <laughs> sensitivity training, things of that nature you know, but but once they let you go there's no, there's no process for that. You're just told you're brought into a room uh, if, you know, and just told it's over. There's no conversation here, which I understand, but it's like,
3: yeah, you know, there, um, what happened
0: to those 40 years of of loyalty?
3: Hello. My mom always says there's no sentiment in business. Yes. Um, right. But there doesn't need to be cruelty in business. Um, and I think a lot. That's exactly right. It's important that, you know, for for me in this film, You know, there were edits where we went down that sort of more political route and sort of, you know, sticking it to the man. But at the end of the day, I think um, the story is one about love and joy um, and family. And um, it was really important to me to focus on that, though most Americans would say that the employer-employee relationship is off kilter um, and that something needs to change. Um, And I I think that that comes out.
0: Right, I know. I appreciate. I think, if anything, you, it's you know, it's 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 that that part of the story is very bluntly told, even though you don't stand on a platform to do it. In other words, you know, there's a, a lot of people are going to really feel that they're not alone. I think when they watch, yeah. And also the the story. So we're on the bucket list, we won't, won't go into too much detail. It's sort of the the fun. It's like the it's sort of the exciting part of the film. It's this. Not only because you're having adventures, both uh, the traditional kind, but also personal ones like reconnecting with family etc but you're you're like
3: you're, we're milking cows we're like jumping or are you the milking
0: cows i i i appreciate that because I, I i milked a cow yeah that's <laughs> uh, who didn't know that would have landed on somebody's bucket list but nevertheless the milk ended up in the bucket and in
3: the bucket list so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell them why why did you choose those bucket list items mom
1: i chose those bucket list items because mm-hmm. i can. Could- you know, really back to childhood, the milking the cow, why people come in and I say, What are you gonna do, Mrs. Jones? You're back in the show, oh we're gonna pick up the kids from camp, then we're gonna go milk a cow, then we're gonna go home. in so my mind. Then the marathoners. Every year you see the marathoners come to Boston. We live half a mile from the finish line. <laughs> so what the hell they keep coming and doing it to themselves each year. I've got to walk back and do that route to see why they keep coming back for this punishment. So right. he did the marathon. Yeah, I did the marathon, walked it. Okay. And then um, other things he took me on a mystery trip, blindfolded me, didn't know where I was going, what to pack, got to an airport, pulled the blindfold off, and there was California. So off went to Napa Valley where I picked grapes, took a Pilates lesson, made a pottery thing, <laughs> oh, Went to England. Most important, my sister's funeral, my sister's uh, gravesite. I'd never been able to go. Right, my right. my mother. We connect with my daughter. Now that's all been mended. We're, we're talking every day. That was a very painful experience for her to be sent to England. More painful than I ever realized. And again, I can't uh, change history, but now we're shaping the future.
0: Well, That's all you can do is to, which is kind of a, another main message, I guess, of the film is, you know, there's some things that are just out of your control, but you can take... You can make decisions to do your best of, with things you can control in your life. That's
1: true. That's true. That's true. And um, now the impact thing that we're doing with the older people.
0: Oh yeah, you should talk about that. That's a good idea. Because uh, again, the name of the documentary is called Duty Free. It's in select theaters, both virtual and in person, as of um, May
3: seventh, which is this Friday. Yes, we're really excited. If you go to dutyfreefilm dot com underneath Watch the Film, you can see all the places that the film is playing across the country, both um, streaming at your own home or in the theaters. Um, But, you know, uh, right after the film is out, we're going on an impact campaign um, to talk about three issues, which are economic insecurity, ageism, and the need for care, and particularly intergenerational care. Um, You know, it's very seldom that you are, Hear of these sort of intergenerational adventures, or friendships, or relationships, even though we all have one, we don't talk about them. Um, and so the po- sort of lifting up the power in that, um, you know, after COVID, obviously we saw that older people, you know, there is an, um there is a crisis among elder social isolation, et cetera, et cetera. And so we hope that this film encourages people. To, you know, either find an older person or a younger person who can be their friend and, hey, maybe create a bucket list if you want to do that, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so we're excited about that impact campaign.
0: Well, I, I think that as long as you're willing to uh, facilitate the Kickstarter campaign for those folks who do the bucket, want to do the bucket list, because <laughs> you, you <laughs> needs to be a talent
3: Okay, well, that might be my next
0: documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: took him two weeks to find something where we could milk a cow.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, you know, people will have to watch the film to see why it was such a challenging thing to do. Some you'd think some of these things would have been pretty straightforward, but you never
3: know. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And then
1: we get to the farm and it's automatic because the
3: uh, machines, the that robots make, are milking the cows,
2: now. Milk the cows. <laughs> yes. Yeah
0: well you know it was it was a delightful to meet you both and um I'm just keeping an eye on the time because how many are you guys really got a
3: lot of uh we oh got all day that's amazing that's yeah, great to hear really, really really exciting we hope I mean we're trying to get as many parents and kids to the theaters as possible or at least to watch this together virtually so we're tuning all the press that we can and we've come a long way I mean it'd be an independent film and to have been a top grocer at DocMRC and, uh, you know, to have sold our IFC uh, here in the city last Friday, like, you know, we're hustling hard um, for this story because it's an important one to tell, so.
1: He's hustling, I'm just being his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I <guess>. That's true. And <laughs> yeah, still press enter on the computer, but. Uh... Well,
3: He's just busy being the star, which we all, you know, that has value too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well,
0: it's, you're, it's a great story to see that even you know at 75 it's not saying it didn't, didn't wasn't it didn't require an, a, a lot of emotional lifting a lot of heavy lifting but you even at 75 you can reinvent yourself it's a huge message because you know,
1: now,
0: you know and um i appreciate it and i'm so glad to have had the opportunity to see the film i'm going to urge everyone to to go check it out and what, yeah, for sure. And meet these guys in a, in all new dimension.
3: What mention the website again? Yes. um, So dutyfreefilm.com. It it has all the information, not only about the film um, and what we're doing, but also where you can watch the film um, at select theaters across the country in the theater, but also all the places that you can watch it right from your own home um, starting on May 7th.
0: Right, May seventh, and yeah, and it's great because you're not only supporting the the documentary, your your film, but you're also supporting art house film, or excuse me, art house theaters by streaming it off their their sites. So you're doing a lot of good by seeing duty free. Anyway, thank you. It was thank you. delight.
3: Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you. And you have a great day.
3: So great to meet you. Same here, I'm sure. Tell hey, your lady friend that we appreciate her watching yes, as thank well. Thank you. Yes. I will. I will. She, she was calling uh, unbeknownst. <laughs> she
0: had a feeling. She knew. She was
3: like, what's going on? Uh,
1: honesty is the best policy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it was great meeting you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. You too. On Take care. See the heart? Oh, yeah. Just press the heart.
1: My new life motto is Rebecca it's all about you now. It's always been about everybody else, but now it's survival.
3: But surviving without work?
1: I got nothing because I supported two kids on my own. Real us so on mom paycheck. Wasn't easy. Next six months is currently uncertain. Will I be living here? Will I be working somewhere? Will I be back in England? I don't know. It's uncertainty. You have things happen to you in your life. You rise up, you get over them, and you pick yourself up, and you start all over again. That's what makes you strong. The reason I'm doing this is because I have to do with it. Ain't no reason on this earth anybody's gonna hire somebody that's 75 years of age.
3: You never know.
0: Currently available on Stars, season three of the Girlfriend Experience. Which the Girlfriend Experience, of course, started as a Steven Soderbergh film some years ago. And then was adapted very cleverly into this ongoing series, which is now in its third season. Uh and it is currently up. I saw a few episodes at South by Southwest. And I, Anya Marquardt, who who directed She's Lost Control and did the podcast, and we also did a a thing with Brick on TV some years ago. So I've been a big fan and friend of Anya's. And so when I heard that she was directed this season, I was like, oh, let's get her back on the show. The third season is set amidst the London tech scene and focuses on Iris, played by actress Julia Goldani-Tellis. She plays a neuroscience major in school, and as she begins to explore the transactional world of the girlfriend experience, Iris quickly learns that her client sessions provide her with a compelling edge in the tech world and vice versa. She then begins to question whether her actions are driven by free will or something else altogether and heads down a deep path of exploration. Here is my friend, Anya Marquardt, back on FilmWax Radio after a bunch of years, Always nice to bring back folks as nice and as talented as Anya. Uh, but here she is right now. We'll discuss the third season of The Girlfriend Experience, only here on Filmwax Radio.
2: Hello, Iris. Your academic credentials are impressive behavioral psychology, neuroscience. Then what happened?
1: One thing I realized is that life is short and academia is slow. I need to be out there in the real
2: world. Welcome to the V. And my dreams, you're standing there. They told me I'm here first.
4: So let's get started. Standing I'm ready to have a real exchange with the men I sleep with.
2: You all came here for a reason. The assumptions of who you thought you were could no longer be sustained. This is about how they're feeling in the moment. What do you think the
0: product
4: is?
2: This would be less about what people need and
4: more about giving them what they want. Do you
1: know how to use your tongue? Paul?
4: Let me show you. Not so
0: fast. Hello. Hi, Adam. How are you?
4: I'm really good. You I'm look really good. good. Washing ashore. Finishing up VFX. Landed back in LA.
0: Where Where are you now? What's that behind you? Is it...
4: um, it's an octagon-shaped dome. Hobbit house. We're house-sitting. I see. It's uh, a very special place. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what. Well, great to see you, and uh, yeah, I'm glad this worked out. When I contacted you, South by, I had no idea what, how this would end up turning out. I had, I just thought, I no. know,
4: but it always works out. It always does.
0: It does. It generally does. You're right, and and I because I was like thinking, oh, how I thought I th- from time to time I think of you, and and then uh, uh, I hadn't thought of you in a while or seen your name, but as soon as I saw your name pop up, I thought, well, this would be fun to do, have a re- bit of a reunion.
4: I know. I have fond memories of uh, our little. Brooklyn gathering with uh, Brooke and myself.
0: Brooks Bloom, the lovely Brooke. Yeah. yeah, in fact, we did two at the at, at the at the uh, at Brick. We did because we met there for the podcast, and then we did the the morning sh- that morning show BK Live. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the videotape.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I ran into you like hours before you left New York. I think didn't that, we ran into each other in Park Slope? Do you yes. remember that?
4: Yes, I do. I knew it was, um, I think I was holding a coffee in my hand.
0: (laughs) Odds are if it's Park Slope, you, I think it's, I think it's an ordinance. If you're not holding, you can get fined for not holding a a coffee to go.
4: Was it outside Freddy's? Some, I think it was one of my favorite bars in South Slope. It might've been Freddy's.
0: Okay. I'm going to go with your memory on that one. And thank you. This has been great. I look forward to doing this again soon. Reminiscing is always, you know, that's the theme <laughs> of the show. Is... It is. I know it's probably a long story, but how did you get all like mixed up with the, the uh, with the girlfriend experience? Because you, of course, directed this, I, I think it was a really great uh, psychological dr- drama with, don't want to mess up the name, with, 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 she's lost control. Which has got to be now, I'm thinking, five or six years ago.
4: Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the the forces in the universe conspired to uh, to invite me to have a conversation about the potential season three. And, uh, you know, little did I know that that would ever happen. Well, I mean, yeah, you, got you, don't, you again. don't sit there waiting for that kind of opportunity to be offered to you. I mean, that would be... No. Uh, having illusions of grandeur, so Although, you know, I was sitting now... in my little bungalow, riding up a storm, um, and yeah.
0: So wait, do, do what? What did you do in between? Just catch me up a little bit, like, or were you working on this for?
4: No, no, my... no. I mean, this this came to me in 2018, okay. um, and then the development process was had its own interesting iterations because stars was bought by Lawrence gate and some of the old um executive uh group transitioned and a new one came in and uh, then the idea was formed to be setting season three in London and I so I I went through an iteration that's based on a novel that was commissioned to be underlying source material for season three and that eventually didn't move forward but then the London idea was presented and STARS was sort of pushing to, you know, for the for the more global um, streaming vision be right. reflected sure, sure, in the storytelling. Sure. And I was like, you know, hell yeah. I was I'm from Berlin originally. I love London. The global mindset is, is very interesting to me, or, or at least the opportunity to bring together these global sort of um, undercurrents in the story. So I, I jumped at it, and then it was pretty quick, the development process for that iteration. Now, what happened between the release of my film and me starting to work on the show, I was really just riding up a storm. I was writing nonstop every day, various, you know, a dozen projects, some of them completely my own brain children, some based on other people's work a Mm -hmm. novel adaptation some collaborative work uh was attached to direct a a direct a feature that was in casting and fully financed my directing deal was inked and then it all you know changed into nothing like it does Mm -hmm. so you know it was just kind of playing the waiting game working really hard you know it I love my agents. You know, I have uh, a team in the US. I have uh, someone in Berlin. It, it feels like we're doing things really um, in an interesting way. And, uh, but I think that the film business is just not. It doesn't make it easy for anyone to make a second feature.
0: Mm, yeah. You know,
4: and for some people, for for sure, they 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 uh, they're outside the norm. And for them, it might be very easy. But I think the norm. I would I would think that most independent filmmakers would agree that it's not it's surprisingly difficult, and especially if if your first feature, um, you know, had a thematic direction that you don't necessarily feel like needs to be the one exactly for your next feature,
0: sure, right? Because everyone's it. always right. looking to
4: offer you material that is slightly bigger and badder, but still the same thing.
0: Yeah. Although you That's could perfect. sort of see why uh, I, if I was a big, you know, deal it, uh, you said that now stars is owned by Lionsgate. Correct. Okay. So if I was up at Lionsgate and I saw, you know, she's lost control. And then I was thinking of somebody who might be able to direct I, I would say, Oh, I could see this. There's a, something of a through line yeah. here dealing with the psychological side of it. And then, yeah. you know, uh, you know and uh so you seem like not the most you seem like a relatively logical choice and then so but, but, but clarify so did you 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 you're, you knew going into this is going to be more of an international or global tech
4: theme. yeah i mean the tech the tech angle was sort of born out of what i was working on at the time which was oh, you know really original scripts set in sort of there was one border sci-fi annihilation script that i was just hell bent on getting off the ground and was working with um, cool producers for a while but it, it, you know it's it's yeah it's a mysterious process and um unless you have the packageable talent on speed dial it's it, it just you have to cross certain thresholds and and that's a uh, uh, you know spinning the wheel i don't, I don't know it's it's really interesting Um, But what also happens, I think, is when, you know, there's so much love that's being poured into any given project and that project doesn't go, I think there, you can pivot and you can take the love with you and just use it somewhere else. It's, it's not lost. I don't, I I believe that.
0: Well, uh, the girlfriend experience is, is a, uh, is, has a loose parameters from one season to another. Mm -hmm. But They are also very independent of one another as well. So, right? So yeah, I mean, in the sense of best
4: of both worlds, because yeah, right, because you have a much larger square that that has you know that can look at she's less control as a smaller square, but it kind of fits in terms of treating the subject matter responsibly, Mm -hmm. if you will. But then also tremendous freedom to really you know honor how how sort of unique and filmmaker driven the film and both seasons of the franchise have been so singular and and, bold filmmaking and so the expectation was definitely for me to you know take season three make it my own
2: Mm -hmm. um
4: don't don't repeat but but you know within the sort of the pillars of the franchise make it my own and and the tech angle was completely uh you know sort of there was all the space in the world for me to bring the tech to the project and and um go with it and go a little nuts with it.
0: You went nuts with it. It's a, you know, it, this is not a series with, uh, it's got some of the, the glamor and, you know, of a lot of money behind the tech and, you know, the, the story. However, this is that you, if you're going to watch the series, you, the, it's required that you lean in. You, you have to work a little bit to follow the story, to kind of get into the rhythm of it. It's, it does, t- does ex- expect you to, uh, engage with the series. It's- you know what i mean it's worth it
4: i think it's um it's an invitation for the audience to kind of mm-hmm. you know be seduced by by
2: right. the
4: process and, and by the story because every every episode i think has its own dynamics happening and if you think you kind of know where it goes it, it flips and it takes you somewhere else i don't know how far you've you've watched uh the season but um
0: well, I'm planning on giving away well, all the spoilers great. between now and when we finish. So,
4: mm-hmm.
0: so your your actor Julia uh, Goldini, say how you say, it? Tell us
4: Julia Goldani Tellis Goldani
0: Tellus plays Iris, and she's killed in the first episode. No, that's that's a, not true. I don't. I'm is, kidding. Uh, of course she's know, not
4: rebuilt in episode two, and so uh, that's a, true. A mere simulation, <laughs> right?
0: But she plays a neuroscience major and then she goes to uh, she's hired by this tech company.
4: Yeah. I mean, she kind of goes in for a radical reboot and leaving behind her life that could have been a track in academia, but also the responsibility of of, uh, the day to day on the ground with her family, which has its own pitfalls. Her dad is um, suffering from early onset Alzheimer's. So that story component will take on a bigger and bigger role as the season progresses, and will sort of loop back with Iris and her work in, in artificial intelligence. So I think the impetus for her is is um, you know to to do her to focus on her own trajectory and um, take no prisoners and, and and just see how far she can push the work. Um, as a double agent, ping ponging between life as a girlfriend and training an artificial intelligence project as a, at a super covert AI startup, and then uh, you know, until it all becomes uh, more complicated than he she she has she anticipated,
0: on. as it, this life always does. But um, how so? How much did you uh, learn? Have to learn, or did you learn? Uh, going into the project, did you, for your re- did you have to do uh, just tons of research?
4: Yeah, I was pretty saturated at the time when I got the phone call. You know, like with, Were with sort of grappling with these concepts of like, okay, well, which part of our our day to day interaction has not been subject to artificial intelligence applications that are either being developed as we speak or um or already integrated with and running running ship in the background without us even being aware of it so all of that was part of my day-to-day you know i mean especially when you kind of train yourself to be aware of of these little news breaks and and some of it is up you know optimistic you know someone's saying okay machine consciousness five years from now well We'll see about that. But mm-hmm. there is a lot of stuff that's just, um, you know, you can connect the dots and see sort of the larger picture. And um, I'm a big fan of, of the genre. I mean, you know, films like, you know, Oblivion. Um, yeah. Metropolis. I mean, there's like from the beginning of film to now, there's so many amazing examples of, of um, how technology has imagined... A simulation of a reality. I mean, even Truman Show was such a pivotal oh, absolutely. film to imagine all of that way before the advent of, uh, you know, OnlyFans or whatever.
0: Right, and and also, who is really in, who 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 is in control of whom, or you know, like who's yeah, uh, where's where uh, you know, intelligence? You know, it's at, at a certain point it it kind of gets ahead of us, uh,
4: and who's. My- who's puppeteering i mean are we really are we really the ones who make decisions about who we want to be or are we being led by by very smart algorithms that offer up opportunities and and directions that feel good in the moment perhaps i don't know
0: exactly well this is uh uh, also explored in the i guess the matrix films were also in there oh yeah for sure right So this is for any fans of any of these films and stories that we're talking about, you'll feel comfortably here. But it feels like, really, like this is going on. It's not, doesn't feel like it's, this is not science fiction. This is uh, just science in a fictional world. I mean, a fictional story, but.
4: Exactly, yeah. uh, I mean, every single technological component that is featured in the show is already here. Yeah, yeah. And what the protagonists are, envisioning at the end of the season in episode 10 there's a bit of a what if moment that is you know that's future facing but everything else you see on the ground is for better or worse already already here
0: well we're talking about the season three of the girlfriend experience which premiered on stars so you have to pers- you have to sign up folks did the whole season go up on may 2nd
4: no it's uh, the first it's two episodes and then weekly weekly uh thereafter but global stars play and so the first
0: first episode or is up maybe sometimes they'll put up a couple of episodes
4: yeah the first two should be up
0: first two okay at this point right this is not enough time but i'm glad we were able to to kind of make this work out and it's nice to see you
4: likewise adam it's always a pleasure speaking with you and i i really like your guitar
0: yeah well it's keeping me company these days mm-hmm. like, for sure um and i'm i'm a little north of the city so i'm kind of oh of,
2: yeah
4: yeah did i got away. what's that did you escape
0: yeah 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 we'll see what happens jury's out but I, i'm enjoying my time here it's nice it's beautiful you know yeah all right well i i'm sure you have a, a, a somebody else you have to talk to soon so i'm I'll, I'll bid you adieu. Auf Wiedersehen. Ciao.
4: Merci. Ciao, ciao. Until the next time. I really okay, appreciate the, the conversation. I hope it's,
0: thank you. I hope that's not too far off. This is. We don't have to wait another five years.
4: No, we must do it again very, much sooner.
0: Okay, good. All right, take care.
4: Take care. Bye.
2: What you're doing is more high fidelity than any other setup I've seen.
4: What kind of line do you think was crossed?
2: We will come after you.
1: I totally have your back. What's going on? Never wanted to get confused about what was real and what wasn't. I know who I am now.
4: A kind of carnage yet to be seen. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. But I
2: can feel what isn't real love.
0: Thanks for, for uh, listening, guys. Uh, both of these conversations, of course, with Rebecca and Jean Pierre, as well as with Anya, are available on the YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com/slash Filmwax Radio and don't forget to subscribe. And of course, visit Filmwax Radio on either uh, Apple Podcasts or, or uh, Stitcher, and you can leave star ratings and reviews of the podcast, which is deeply, deeply appreciated. Uh, thank you for that and spread the word, you know, and uh, don't forget we're on Facebook and um, Twitter and Instagram. You can reach out and interact with us and engage with FilmWax and myself uh, very easily. So we'll be back in a few days with a brand new episode. So keep on listening. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and the ones you love.
2: Wait a little while from now If I'm not feeling any less sound. I promised myself to treat myself And visit a nearby tower And climbing to the top Will throw myself off In an effort to make clear to Ever what it's like when you're shattered Left standing in the lurch At a church where people were saying My God, that stuff she stood him up No point in us remaining We may as well go home. I did on my own, alone again, naturally, to think that only yesterday I was cheerful, bright and gay, looking forward to what wouldn't do, the role I was about to play, but as if to knock me down.